All right, welcome into another Auburn Live Modcast. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I'm Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, the Auburn Live team, Cole Pinkson and Jeffrey Lee. What's up, fellas? What's up? How about you? How about you, Hope? What y'all doing? Je- Jeffrey sounds like he's driving. What I am driving. I have, I have returned from the hunting land. I'm, I am in the process of returning from the hunting land. Nice. After a nice little morning work uh, session. Kind of tough to work right now, Jeffrey. Kind of dry out there, right? Very dry. Yeah. Very dry. No doubt. Yeah, please forgive me for the uh, the glare back here. I'm trying to get my internet situation fixed at home. Justin, you know a little bit about that, huh? <laughs> hey, people just people just tune in for your mind, Cole. Don't worry You're about right. It. That's exactly that's exactly right. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, we'll get to talking a little bit of Auburn, a little SEC stuff as we go. Of course, Auburn has the bye week, um, so we'll kind of talk a little bit of everything today. But as we always do, let's let's just knock out prize picks first. Prize picks. <laughs> Love me some prize picks. Cole, you've been having some good luck on prize picks? Decent. Yeah, decent. I, I pushed last week. I pushed last weekend. Mm. But uh, looking to looking to get back on top this weekend. If you don't know about prize picks, go to uh, the uh, Apple Store or the App Store or whatever it is. Download Prize Picks, set you up an account, man. Prize Picks with the promotion code Auburn, all caps, one word, all caps. Uh, will match up to a hundred dollars of your first deposit. So you deposit a hundred bucks, get a hundred bucks back. Get a hundred bucks added onto it. Uh, that's Prize Picks. Download the app, sign you up, and get you a uh, up to a hundred dollars first deposit match with the promo code Auburn, all caps. And uh, this week, <clears throat> Auburn, as we all know by now, you should, is off. Have a bye week, time to rest up, and well needed because you're going to LSU next weekend for a night game in the Red Stick. Hmm. Uh, but this weekend, I thought there's some uh, some good ones to choose from. Uh, now, in Prize Picks, you go. You're playing against the. Uh, you're playing against the. The lines, the the projections. You're not playing against anybody else, so uh, you pick. I think up to six players. You've got a chance to uh, up to six times your money. And, if, you do, uh, if you do six players, it's twenty five times your money. Twenty five times. I know it was six twelve. It's six yeah. twenty five. There you go. Six players in Alabama, though. You've got to do the combos. You got to pick two of the guys to do. Uh, uh, you can play the combo squares in Alabama, which is what Cole and I have been doing. This weekend, some of the uh, the projections, I like uh, Jalen Milrow, 44.5 rushing yards versus A&M. Now, I've only seen Jalen Milrow against A&M, I mean against uh, Texas, and the dude could not pass the football, but he could damn sure run. Yep. I, I, I like I like Milrow plus or more than forty four and a half rushing yards. And then uh who was the other one I liked? Oh Jaden Jaden Daniels, sixty three and a half rushing yards versus Missouri. Yeah. So, y'all go to Prize Fix, use the promotion code Auburn all caps, get your uh, first month uh first deposit. Max up to $100. Play along with us. Yeah, I would go Leary under 184. I would go Beck under. I would go Jaden over. I'd go Milrow over. I'd go Ray Davis over. Yeah. Georgia. And then I'd go Luther Burton over. Malik Neighbors over. That's what I would do. I like Ray Davis the most. 70 yards against Georgia. I just watched Auburn run all over Georgia. I think he can do it too. I like Kentucky's offense. Yeah, they're uh, – I'm surprised that game is uh, 14 points or whatever. I mean, I, I mean Georgia's – I mean, Kentucky, I think, is a, is, a good, is, a, is a good team. And they're good on the line of scrimmage. And, I don't know, I guess going home you figure Georgia will get it rolling. And they're just, they're just so good that even staying within 14 in Athens is hard to do. But – Kentucky's got a capable quarterback. That, I, I just thought that number would be a little less than fourteen and a half. But what, what's uh, what's uh, 
Uh, what's the quarterback's name? Devin Leary. Leary. What's his What's his projection from Friday? 184. 184 and a half passing against Georgia. Ooh. Under. Ooh. I think so, too, Cole. Give me the under. Georgia's pass defense is ridiculous, I think. Mm-hmm. And the pass mm-hmm. rush, too. In fact, the two guys that I spotlighted in the scouting report were Tyke Smith and Malachi Starks. They're two safeties. Starks is the guy that made the game-winning play there. So, And a third guy that you didn't even highlight won SEC Player of the Week. Who's that? Wasn't it? Who? Or am I, am I, am I thinking of somebody else? With their defense? Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just imagining things. Um, that'll be a good one. What do you guys think about Texas Oklahoma this week? I mean, that's might as well think of that as an SEC game now. You know what I think about that game? Why can't we just call it the shootout? What's so hard about that? The Red River Shootout. That's what it used to be. People don't I call think. that anymore. No, it's I think you know you the know, answer to that. It's politically incorrect or whatever. I don't care. I mean, shootout. What's wrong with that? Here, I'll say it again. Shootout. Shootout. There it is. I hate saying the Red River rivalry. I hate that. Hate it. It's also hard to say, by the way, Red River rivalry. I, I, that's why I hate it. I can't say it. I get tongue-tied. But uh, <laughs> give me Oklahoma in that game, by the way. What's the line on that? I'm a little upset. I looked at it earlier. It's just a couple points. I mean, it's – it's uh, where are we at here, Texas-Oklahoma? Surely Texas is favored. Yeah, they are. Texas minus six. Yeah, I like Oklahoma in that one. That'd be a pretty big upset, I think. It would. Oklahoma's not as bad as they seem, I don't think. I think they're pretty good. And then Texas, I just expect them to drop one here at some point, you know? Yeah, they. I, I get that because recently you're like – but I think – I don't know. I feel like this is a little different for them this year. I think they've got the talent across the board to maybe not – you know, slip up and and because they've gone into that game before with Oklahoma in the past where they've where they've been ranked higher and then Oklahoma jumps way out or whatever. And so, are you saying that game. are you saying that Texas is back? I think they're back. Yeah, I think they're, <laughs> I think they're actually back. I do. I think, and they could lose and still be actually back. They could still win the Big Twelve. Yeah, I do. I think they're back. I think they're back. I got them winning on Saturday. We'll Did, see. Have we talked at all this week about? UCF blowing a huge lead against Baylor. Might have been the last ranked team in the Big 12, if I'm not mistaken. Baylor, one of the last two. Massive lead. And then then, then in perfect Gus fashion, in perfect Gus Melzon fashion, what does he do? Gets an (laughs) extension. Unbelievable. That's incredible. The guy's just. Guy's got something, man. Yeah, Jeffrey, did you know about that? Gus Malzahn got a contract extension today. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, just through twenty. Was it through twenty-seven? Maybe. Yeah. Three. Which is really three. bad timing because he blew that lead and then gets an extension. It's probably the right call with them going into the Big Twelve, and he's doing a good job. But it's just funny timing that he blows a lead and an extension. Yeah, and yeah. That, you could have. Wait, let's be honest here. UCF, that's about as good as they're going to get, right? I mean, Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Malzahn, yeah. That's, probably, that's probably pretty good for them. I agree. Yeah. Um, Maybe the most ironic picture of all time is Gus Malzahn standing on UCF's field, you know, being introduced as head coach, holding a football, whatever he's doing. In the background, it says, 2017 National Champions. Oh. <laughs> Winning, beating Auburn and Gus Malzahn to finish the season. Oh. I'd have to go back and see if he's ever cited that. That would be – talk about awkward. Has he ever – like, when he got the job, did he turn around and go, what a great place. I mean, they were recently the best team in the country. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. Did you tell recruits that? Like, we won the national championship in 2017. Yeah, who'd you beat? Yeah. Oh, you know. My team. But it's not the point. That's crazy. That is so crazy to me. All right, let's talk a little bit about Auburn bye week, obviously. A week, almost a week after the Georgia game, 
Anything, any, any other thoughts that you, that come through your mind that didn't come through Saturday, Sunday? We heard Hugh Freeze a little bit on Wednesday. It's the only time we talked to him this week. Um, nothing new from him. He ran down a slew of injuries, we, which we can talk about too, that Auburn's dealing with. Of course, Messiah and Nassili Kite out for the year. That's three Auburn starters that at the moment are sidelined. Um, and then some other guys that are banged up, they're hoping to get back at some point. Um, but I don't know, four or five days later, do we do we think about that loss to Georgia any differently? What's what lies ahead? What's kind of the feelings, Jeffrey, for you? Um, and then I, I don't I don't feel any differently than I did. I I was uh, I was impressed. I, I know it was a, a close game, and any time any time it's a close game, and there were plays that could have been uh, you know made that weren't. That, that some fans would be highly disappointed in, and I completely understand that. That's why uh, Auburn is, uh, is is what Auburn is. They've got some passionate fans, and some uh, some people who won't take anything less than a win. However, when you take a step back and you look at the big picture here, you've got Hugh Freeze in his first year. He's been on campus for, what, 10 months, 11 yeah. months now. <clears throat> he went into the transfer portal and, uh, you know, hit Grand Slam <clears throat> So, you know, when you look at the big picture, it's hard to be disappointed. I'm, I know it's easy to be disappointed when you look at just Saturday afternoon and the things that could have been, the plays that could have been made, the plays that weren't made, uh, you know, weren't, weren't made on defense, on offense, the catches, the missed holes, uh, leaving points on the board there before halftime. And you got to think now, <clears throat> Auburn did all that. I, I thought, and, and from talking to Cole too, uh, you know, the coaches did a marvelous job. Uh, having that that team ready to to compete with the number one team, and and did so with again below average quarterback play, or I, I would say quarterback play. It wasn't on him, Peyton It wasn't like anything special, uh, but below average wide receiver play, and uh, so to be able to do what he did Saturday. Uh, now I'm not ready to crown him, you know, coach of the year by any means. As far as I'm concerned, Auburn is, you know. Two and one on the year, and looked very bad in two of those games. So, curious to see next weekend, uh, next week at LSU, how they look on the road. Auburn has been two uh, two totally different teams this year, at home and on the road. Peyton Thorne has been two different quarterbacks on the road and at home. So, if things continue that way, you know, next weekend could get ugly. Uh, but if not, you'd like to believe that maybe this team has turned a corner, um, especially playing on the road. So, curious to see how they respond after losing a hard-fought battle against the number one team in the country. That's good perspective, by the way. Or it, it's certainly, I think, a fair way to look at it. They're two and one, and they've looked bad twice. I, I, that's perfectly fair to say that. Yeah, you know, I. I did the whole Brock Bowers touchdown breakdown today. I felt like that was the key moment of the game. Um, obviously, a lot of questions. Why, why was he not bracketed? Why was he not this? Why was he not this? Why, why was he so open? Very, very fair questions, and it's something that I wanted to take a closer look at, and I did. And, um, you know, I, I put the whole thing up. I, I feel like there was a couple things there that happened that shouldn't have happened on that play. Uh, and, and things that led up to it that I give Georgia credit for. So, look, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think the biggest takeaway I have, two actually, one is that Auburn hit them in the mouth. Uh, I thought I thought physically they matched Georgia, and, and leveled the playing field. I really thought they did that, and, and that's on the coaches and on the players too. But I think the game plan was good enough. But but the players followed it up with physical play, and I, I I'm such a stickler about physicality. You're not going to find a team that wins that's not physical. It's not going to happen. Try to find me one. You won't. Um, number two, the, the the Georgia has more playmakers. And this is what Hugh Freeze has tried to tell us, um, you know, directly and indirectly. They got more playmakers. That's what happens at the end of games when you have more playmakers. Yeah, you can hang around for a while. You can do that. But you can't finish the game without – somebody stepping up and making this big time play. And that's what Georgia had and, and and that's what happened. And you see the outcome. And I also think it's the same way with the passing game. Yeah, Auburn's running game is awesome. It looks great. Offensive line's doing well there. 
you're not going to finish these games without some kind of semblance of a passing game. You can forget it. I don't like Auburn's record if they can't figure that part out at all. It's not going to look good. Yeah, I think um, – yeah, I think there's probably – I don't know. There's a couple things that a couple of days later I think about. One is – and you can go both ways with this. One's the turnovers. On one hand, phenomenal job for Auburn to force those two turnovers, and they did force those. Those were not given to them. Jalen Simpson made a play. For sure. And Marcus Harris made a play. Um, but on the other side, it took two turnovers to, to, to still lose by a touchdown and rush for 200 yards. Like, if you don't have those two turnovers that turn into touchdowns, that game, you know, it, it, it probably doesn't go down the wire. But at the same time, credit right. Auburn for making those. Um, again, no penalties is the other thing. Other than the Jarquez yeah. Hunter offsides on a, on a kickoff, zero penalties. So I say that to say credit Auburn for ter- for creating two turnovers and committing no penalties. Massive credit to them. But at the same time, if you want to beat LSU or Ole Miss or Alabama, if that's what it takes a couple turn the- to winning winning the turnover margin, committing zero penalties, man, that is that's a that's a razor thin margin of error. Um, and that's fine. Maybe that's what this team is that they have to do a couple of things. They have to. They have to win turnovers. They cannot commit penalties. They have this razor-thin margin of error that they have to play with in order to beat a couple of these teams that are going to be pretty heavy favorites against Auburn and, and, and those games that maybe can get you to seven wins or beyond. Um, so it's, it's not a knock on Auburn. They did it, but it's just a reminder that that's what it's going to take. It's going to take that effort, creating a couple of turnovers, and playing extremely clean football. And Hugh Freeze said that on on Wednesday. He echoed that saying, "We just there's just some things that we do. We just have a rate. We just have a margin of error that's so thin um, to to win these games. And you could get Mississippi State. You know that you can make some mistakes. Arkansas, Vanderbilt. But if you want to try to upset one of those LSU, Ole Miss, Bama, or uh, those three games moving forward, that's the kind of effort it's going to take in terms of playing unbelievably clean football. The other thing." is that I wonder about, more of a question is, if Auburn becomes the 70% run team, was Georgia, what did Georgia get to see on film going into that game to prepare them for that versus what LSU, Ole Miss, Bama, these other teams are going to see as you go forward if Auburn turns into the 70% run team, meaning are these teams going to have more film in terms of here's what they're going to do running the football and can Auburn catch some of these teams the way maybe they caught Georgia where Georgia's thinking, are they going to run RPO? Like they're kind of, they're, they don't even know what they are. And Auburn comes out and does what they did. Other teams are going to have a little more film in terms of how Auburn wants to run and attack. And so I don't think just because Auburn looked pretty good running the ball against Georgia, I don't think that that means they're going to for sure do it against LSU and for sure do it against Ole Miss and for sure do it against Alabama. I don't, I don't know that you can just, extrapolate that and put it on all of those games. So I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a few of my thoughts a few days later, but the margin of the, the margin of error for the team, is just, it shows me that it's just unbelievably thin. If you want to try to upset one of these other three. Justin, I think that's a fantastic point. One of the things I said going into that game last week was if you're going to lose, lose where you, you don't have turnovers. You don't have penalties. You're not giving points and yards away. And that was one of the things I was most impressed about with Auburn against Georgia was, like you said, there was the one penalty for five yards, and that was on uh, special teams. Uh, and then the, the lone uh, turnover for Auburn came, what, I think on the last play, uh, the last offensive play of the game for Auburn. Yeah. Um, the uh, I thought it was well played by Auburn. Uh, and that's one of those where – I like to say at the end of the game, man, you just look back and you go, listen, we, we lost to a better team, uh, plain and simple. Like Cole said, Georgia had the playmakers there at the end. Auburn did not. And that was the biggest difference in the game. I mean, you're talking about a, what, uh, Georgia scored 10 points, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think Auburn yeah. was up 17-14. It was 17-17 going into the fourth. It was tied going into the fourth. Okay. There you go. Yeah. They scored 10. 
but you know, Auburn's still finding a way to call back, stay in the game. But uh, but in the end, man, it was just lack of playmakers. But to go back to my point, I thought it was when, when you when you don't commit turnovers and you don't commit penalties. The one thing, the one glaring weakness Auburn had during that game, as far as giving away, was the third downs. Yeah. Um, third down percentage uh, on on defense was was bad. It was atrocious. So, I mean, third and longs. Um, you know, and then on on offense, I think Auburn was two of twelve. Yes. That's 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 unacceptable. Well, there are some things that give me optimism about this game. Absolutely. Moving forward. Number one is the last few drives of the game. Auburn, here's the thing. I, I understand. I can see that the Auburn's coaching staff realizes, hey, this run game is going well. We can't win with this. They the, Even in the end, they go, all right, well, we're going to have to do some things y'all are uncomfortable with right here. You're going to have to deal with it because we have to try to win this game. We keep running the same thing over and over. They're going to get They're going to get out in front and it's going to be over. We have to take some shots. We have to throw some of these concept routes that didn't work against A&M. We know they didn't work. Still got to do it. We're trying to win here. We're not just trying to stay in the game. We're trying to win, right? That's what it looked like to me. It looked like they had a game plan that was built around winning that football game and not just hanging around, right? Sometimes you see a game plan where it's like, all right, let's just try to keep this close. Obviously, everybody's trying to win. Don't get me wrong there, but when it got down to the nitty-gritty part of the game, Auburn's coaches stood up and said, all right, here we go. Don't care if you can execute it or not. We have to run this stuff to win this game. And they schemed it open because how many drops did we see? Five, six, something like that. We saw the drops in the A&M game, saw things of that nature, bad throws, whatever. You've schemed it open to win. Players got to go do it, bottom line. I think that's going to get better. That's where the optimism comes for me because I saw some improvement in that area of the game. Um, uh, I have optimism, too. In, in uh, All right, we have this guy on the corner. <laughs> I'm going to call him out a little bit. And I love him, by the way. I think he's great because he brings, he brings great points and great discussions. Username is Five Star. That's his username. And, boy, if that doesn't just tell you the mantra of this guy. His entire thing on our message board is, hey, look at the stars. Look at the stars of Georgia. They have a lot more blue chip ratio than Auburn. They should win this game. Okay, that's his whole thing, right? Then how in the world does that game become so close? If that's the case, if Georgia is so much better talent-wise, in my opinion, that's coaching. I think coaching got them in an evened playing field. And that's the optimism. I mean, home, that atmosphere, you gotta you got to credit that too. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that plays into it for the defense, I think. I think the offensive game plan is what kept them in the game and having a chance to win. That's another thing. You don't want to forget this. Yes, the Brock Bowers touchdown at the end sucks. You know, it killed momentum. It, it, it They got the lead with it, whatever. Auburn's offense still had a chance to go tie the game with two minutes left in the game. That's, you know, we're not talking about moral victories here. We're just talking about facts. Yeah, the tackling on that Bowers to last touchdown, by the way, was horrendous. It was. Um, my yep. gosh. Honestly, though, Justin, if they tackle him right there and, and Georgia keeps chipping it down and getting that clock down, do they just kick a field goal to win or, you know? Are you saying they let him score? Is that what you're no, saying? No, not at all. <laughs> but you're you're happy as an offense, like, hey, we got two minutes to score here, two and a half. Yeah, all things being considered. You need, yeah, an Auburn's offense, you would need all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I thought it was a good game plan. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. I don't think – I think you mentioned the physical part. I think that's true. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you came away from that game. And it's something that you, you know. Like, you know you have to be physical to win. But you come out of a game like that assessing all the little things. But I think it's a, a, fair, a fair thing to say and reminder that, hey, you come out of that. You know what you didn't talk about? You didn't say we weren't physical enough. And that's, you know, that's worth noting and it's important to – that's the difference between to say that, and A and M too. I, I don't. I think A and M was a whole different set of problems. But even in that game, I, I don't know that you came out going, "We weren't physical enough." I, I thought they fought pretty pretty hard and uh, across the line of scrimmage. That just there was a lot of other issues there. But I think both those games, um, 
you didn't come away going, boy, we are not physical enough. Or gosh, what line of scrimmage, we're getting crushed. I, you know, there's just a lot of other issues. And as Hugh Freeze said on Monday, by the way, or written Wednesday, the other perspective on on this Auburn team is, look, you just played the best team in the SEC. And A&M, who's in the discussion, is one of the top five teams. Georgia, Bama, LSU. I would probably toss Kentucky in there and A&M. I, I, I think that's – you can t- you can toss Missouri in. We'll find out about Missouri this weekend. But you, A&M is one of the better teams in the league. That's your first two conference games. New team, new quarterback, new coaching staff, new program, new mentality, new everything. And your first two games are – Maybe, I mean, toss Alabama, they're certainly two of the three most talented teams in the league. Um, so pretty tough start to conference play where you're, you learn a lot, and now you get a bye week. You've learned a lot. Um, I asked you on, on Wednesday on the teleconference, I said, hey, wh- what do you think you can reasonably expect to learn going into this bye week and coming out? What, 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 what do you think your team can be in the next seven that they weren't in the first five Um and he was like, look, I think there's just so much room for growth. He's like, I'm just really optimistic about where we can be. And the thing he pointed back to, um, Jeffrey, you mentioned the third downs, and, and that's what he pointed to. He goes, the main thing we looked at this week and we're looking at is how do we improve on critical downs? Um, because yeah. even, the, even the A&M game, they only had three conversions. They've only got five third down conversions in the last two games combined, five for 27. Yo. Um, they were they were three of fifteen against A and M, so you're talking about five of twenty seven on third down, and yet they still wow. won time of possession in those games, thirty plus minutes, having converted only five total third downs, which is kind of remarkable in in and of itself. But that's what he pointed out, like those critical downs. We were there, and those critical downs in both those games, we didn't get off the field and we didn't stay on the field, and it's the difference in winning and losing. Wow, the five of what do you say, five of twenty-seven, Justin? Yeah, last two games on third down. Not, no, you the last two SEC games. Yeah, yeah, A M Georgia, they're five for twenty-seven combined on third down. Woo! That is twenty percent success rate. Yeah, that's Less a loser. That's a loser there. <laughs> that, that's uh. <clears throat> Again, that's unacceptable. Yeah, I'm not even wow. sure how to analyze that, honestly. I, I'd have to go back and look at each third down and go, you know, break it down individually to know, but, I mean. Well, the good news is you could just – you only have five to look at that worked. So, you could just play. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, because I think a couple of those – I looked at George, I can't remember, but, you know, how many of those five were – you know, I feel like one of them against Georgia was probably a Peyton Thorne scramble. Um, yeah. It's so now, you know, now you're like, now you start windling down. You go, okay, they only made five. One of them was a scramble where he made a play. You're like, gosh, how many do, how many did they actually execute? Uh, against Georgia, they averaged needing a, over seven yards, and they averaged gaining only three and a half on third downs. I, I think mean, I think one of the more upsetting things for, for Hugh Freeze – and Philip Montgomery is that at least two of those in the Georgia game that were not converted were not passing situations. They were third and shorts, if I remember correctly. Maybe uh, one, were one of five on four yards or less. One of five on yeah, four yards that, or less. That's where you go, okay, if if my offense is running the ball so well, why can we not convert on those particular downs? You know, that that, that is going to be the focus, obviously, as he said. I, I think they can figure that out. I think it's correctable. Yeah. I mean, what's really worse is 5-8. That means they had four third downs that were three yards or less, and they converted yeah. one of them. They were one of four, only needing three yards or less. Yeah, I think I – know, I know of one. You know, Jarquez Hunter gets hit in the backfield on a wide zone play that was one yard, third and one. That's one that – Before the fourth down. Yeah, that's the one I thought they should have converted. I had more of an issue with how that that I had more of an issue with the third down than I did the fourth down. 
Yeah, from a philosophy standpoint, I think I wrote in the in the in game live updates. Look, you I mean you got Roboto Fairweather in a one on one situation? If you're going to go for a fourth and one anyway, why not try that? If it's incomplete, fourth and one. If it's close, it might be interference. Maybe that's something they look at this week and go, hey, that might have been a good call on third down, you know? Yeah, and look, we talk about the offense. You know, in this one, I thought the defense played well, and I gave them a B for the game because I thought they competed. I thought they were competitive against the run, and for three quarters they were pretty good. They had a collapse at the end. But even the defense, I mean, Georgia had, on average, further to go than Auburn did on third downs by hmm. point two. Like, so it's not like no, Georgia yeah. – it's not like Georgia was eight of thirteen and they only had to go a couple yards. On average, they had long, they had seven plus yards to go. The difference is they averaged nine and a half yards gained on their third downs, and Auburn averaged three. Um, and they were eight of ten passing, eight of their uh, on on third down, and seven of those eight conversions are through the air. So that's a you know eight of ten passing on third down, seven of their eight conversions were through the air um, defensively. You know, you got to – I guess you're sort of in no man's land. I don't know. Maybe they didn't, weren't sure what to do. Do we blitz? Do we drop back? Maybe that's a deal where Georgia's got playmakers. Um, but the defense had, had had their opportunities. It's not like they couldn't get Georgia off the field or didn't have them in some long yardage. Yeah, it's – it's. I, I've just racked my brain trying to go through this one. Not as bad as the A&M game, by the way. That one, that one, I really had to had to get to work on to try to figure out some of the problems. This one, though, it was a lot more clear what the problem was. And at the end of the day, I think it's hey, they had number nineteen and number eighty four on offense. I really do think that's the main difference. And, and it and it even caused Auburn to have some uncharacteristic problems on defense on that last drive. Yeah, Brock Bowers is he's ridiculously good. Conkey's not getting enough, in my opinion. They're just we're not, I'm not hearing enough about his impact in that game. Just like we said, Justin, we're sitting up there watching. He comes right in for one play. They run the little corner or the sticks route. He catches it, gets his feet in bounds, and that's it. He had four catches for 38 yards. They all went for first downs. I mean, at some point you got a key on that, right? And not only that, not only did not only did well he had four catches. Not only did all not only did three of his catches go for first downs. All three of those were on third down. Mm-hmm. Third and nine, third and six, and a third and ten. He caught balls on those situations. So, so three of their seven conversions through the air were to him. Three of his four catches were on third down, converting into a first down. Auburn just couldn't. You know that kid's just quick. They couldn't. They couldn't deal with. Which again, it's like you have somebody that's quick like him. You've got Brock Bowers. You can't double everybody. And you, they've just got dudes who can make plays one-on-one, period. I do think, by the way, I do think there was an attempt to bracket. That's the word being thrown around a lot. <laughs> don't know if everybody knows what that means. It's a buzzword. It's a buzzword of the week, bracket. Yeah, bracket or double cover. You can just say that. Brock Bowers. I think there was a, a, a an attempt to do that on the last play where he scored, but it, it was a missed assignment. I think that's what I saw. And that's just my opinion. Look, I don't know. I don't know what they called. I don't know what the deal was. I can only look at it and give you what I think. So Ron Roberts getting on Twitter and saying, hey, you know, I don't know what you're looking at. We bracketed him the whole time. Maybe that was before he really dove into that play and said, well, we had a missed assignment here, but I tried to bracket him. That's just my theory. Yeah, I would trust Ron Roberts. I mean, I I, 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 I I thought that there was a bracketed – I thought he was bracketed a lot. I mean, even the catch he made one-handed, Coffin was in front of him. Yeah. There's a safety over top. He did good throw. He made an acrobatic catch. I, I thought there were times where they had two people watching him or assigned to him. Sure. Maybe there was an execution issue where they somebody should have been underneath and they were more kind of parallel with him or more on alongside of him. They needed to be underneath, things like that. But um, Brock Bowers will do that to you. That's right, and Lad McConkey was lined up on the same side of the formation as him on that last on that touchdown play. By the way, don't forget <laughs> that. <laughs> There's an influence there. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Yeah, so they go into the Georgia week. Injury is a big thing. Hugh Freeze talked about Wednesday. Of course, we, we mentioned Asili Kite out for the year, torn Huge bicep. Loss. Huge loss. Um, I hate that. 
Javaris, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a loss. Um, Javaris Johnson, hamstring injury kept him out. He's, let's say, questionable for LSU. Um, who else? Keontae Scott not going to be back anytime soon. Austin Key's not going to be. I think it's going to be November, probably for both those guys. Best case. Um, who else? Jalen Simpson left that game. He's he seems to be okay long term. Damari Alston could be back LSU. If not, for sure, Ole Miss is what it sounded like from Hugh Freeze. But dealing with a lot of injuries, the Nasili Kite injury, it's a tough one. Auburn doesn't have really depth. I, I don't know. I mean, running back is probably the only position where they could – Austin got hurt. They still have Batty. They still have Cobb. Not a lot of positions they can afford injuries. Defensive end is one of them. Now Keldrick Falk, a true freshman, is the guy. And, and I guess – I don't know exactly who will step in there at that defensive end spot, but – um, it'll be a drop-off. I mean, you're not going to go – the drop-off, going to Falk or versus Falk to somebody, that's – that's it's a tough loss. And Asili Kite was, if nothing else, playing physical. Like, a guy who's played a lot of football and can play physical. He's not a superstar, but he wasn't getting pushed around either. No, not once. Hey, do y'all think uh, maybe this opens up an opportunity for uh, Deron Reed? I, You know what? I had somebody ask me that question because, you know – I'm kind of high on Deron Reed, Jeffrey, as you you're know. The president, I, you're the president of the fan club. Yeah, yeah. Everybody said that about Nasili Kite, and they're like, Kite, excuse me. And they're like, I don't know what you're seeing. Well, he never loses against his guy. Anyway, Deron <laughs> Reed. Uh, yeah, man, I, I do think that's a chance because that's where he fits. Um, he's a late arrival. That's why Keldrick Falk is – it seems like he's leaps and bounds ahead of Deron Reed because he was there in the spring. And right. he's playing well too, by the way. I don't, I don't want to take away anything from Keldrick, but I agree with you, Justin. It is a drop because he's a freshman. It's just not his fault that he's a freshman, but he's still learning how to handle that position. I don't know if he can win every single single matchup like like Kite could. Um, but you also have Zykevis Walker, who quietly yeah. is making his way in there. Oh he's yeah, to, oh yeah. He's starting to come alive a little bit. I mean, I've seen some good things from him. Um. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know. It, That's what not. I was thinking, too. I, I think he's a very likely candidate to to be next off the bench. You're not at a total loss, but it does hurt because that was a consistent piece to stop in the run game. I mean, he's not a pass rush threat, Kite, but he, he stopped the run. He held his gap. He did those things perfect, almost. Yeah. What, what, what do you all think the two deep there is now? I lean Zakevius now being number yeah. two. He's number okay. two. Yeah. yeah, behind Keldrick. Um, or does he I move to number one, being that he has more experience? I don't know, man. I, this What a great opportunity to toss Keldrick in there and say, you know, go get better. Sure. Um, Good luck. I think the combination <laughs> – I, I just think the combination of Nasili Kite and Falk versus the combination of Falk and, let's say, Walker, that's just a big – Falk doesn't know everything, but he was he was a, he was but he's really good. He's talented. And yeah. He's good enough to toss in there for twenty plays, yeah. and 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 you get a bunch out of him. Now it's going to be Falk. Go be good for fifty five plays, sixty plays maybe, and then Walker. You now you come off the bench and be good for fifteen twenty. That 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 combination I think is just going to be uh, a little bit of a dip. Or. Do you, do you move Marcus Harris back to five, which he's done before? We've seen it, and then throw Justin Rogers in at your three, or Jason Jones, instead of having Jason Jones and 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 uh, Rogers rotate at that one or shade, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's some going around to be done here. Yeah, I don't think you just have to go with who's next guy. Five, you can move. But you almost don't want to mess with what's going on with Harris. He has been unbelievable at yeah. spot for him. So I don't know. I don't know what to do in that situation. They do though. They'll have a plan. They'll have a plan for it. I think it's going to be like you said, Keldrick Falk, maybe even Walker as the starter. Maybe I, I put you know quotations around starter because I I don't know if there is a true starter there now that Nasili Kite is not there. Yeah. Um, what about the kid from Purdue? 
Yeah, he's 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 playing the three, Lawrence Johnson. He can play too. He's made some good plays. Yeah, okay. he's been quality. He's been a quality pickup. Definitely. Not a not a, a flashy guy. Not going to make a lot of big time plays, but he's doing his job. It's, it looks like. I think the whole defensive line is. I think that's what Ju- uh, Jason Jones told us in the roundtable deal, Justin, right before the tech, uh, excuse me, right before the Georgia game. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, look, I mean, you had to stop getting people to play hero ball. We had guys playing hero ball a year ago and and yeah. earlier this season, meaning, hey, you have a gap responsibility. Don't try to swim out of your gap and go make a play. It's more important for the defense and the linebackers for you to stay in your gap. And that's been driven home to them, and they're doing it well. Linebackers are able to run and make plays. I mean, you have to be really excited about the way the run defense looks under under Ron Roberts. Yeah, I would agree. I think the defensive line is one of the more – I mean, I am on record saying that that defense, but the defensive front seven was maybe my biggest concern. I, and no they doubt. have uh, been a pleasant surprise. Completely agree, Justin. The run defense, especially, specifically, was the biggest glaring question entering the season for a lot of folks. And they certainly have stood up, accepted the challenge, and have had a lot of success in doing so. Yeah, I think a lot of people, including us, I think we thought the same thing, was the defense is going to struggle. Defense is just going to be really average defense is just they're they're gonna have to just try to hold hold just hold their own somewhat they've been far better than that they've won a lot of battles and they haven't they have by no means been pushed around or been dominated Uh, they've given up some big explosive plays but they've really battled and and done a really a really good job Uh, really offensive line here we are auburn here we are three and two auburn is and if you ask me, the O-line and D-line are two of the top maybe three position yeah. groups. It's, everything, it's a bunch of other stuff that's failing them. Also yeah. thought linebacker was going to be a big liability. And not to say it hasn't been on some, some downs or some series, but you know, Eugene Asante has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he's been a baller. That is Larry Nixon. Uh, isn't it something, though? Auburn <laughs> – Auburn finally gets some good line of scrimmage play on offense, and now you don't have skill players. <laughs> yeah, it's about how it goes <laughs> for Auburn lately. So um, let's see. Next weekend will be the first end of the first half of the season. Going into that game, give me like one guy on each side of the ball who y'all think has been uh, a, a huge surprise, a pleasant surprise through the first five games. I'll start because I'm, I asked the question. I only asked the question because I already knew who I was going to pick. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. Yeah. And I think Asante because, I, look, linebacker to me was probably the biggest concern for, on, on defense. Dude, I had no idea who was going to be Auburn's linebackers. No idea. No, and if they were, you know, hell, was it going to be Wesley Steiner again? You know, I, you know, you bring in what uh, Asante didn't even was he on the scout team last year? You've got Austin Keys coming in, uh, Cam Robinson. I mean, uh, is that right? Riley. That's what I said. <laughs> Cam Riley, uh, who I didn't hear a thing, a, a positive thing about him. Uh, through the summer. So, to me, linebacker was a huge position of, uh, of concern, and Asante has been – if you go back and – I remember he was one of the few guys that when he transferred in, I went and watched his – he was a missile at Carolina. He was really good. He flashed a lot of potential at North Carolina. His, you know, okay. he, never, yeah. he never had the stats to, to okay. come with it, but you could see him on – I probably of, watched his highlights, yeah. No, he was he was used the kind of similar how he's being used here at Auburn, blitz guy. Oh, you know, who was yeah? Who was that little? Um, he was a smaller guy uh, for Gus. He was uh, oh man, 
man. The Kobe? The Kobe McLean, exactly. Yeah. What, what are you yeah. laughing at, Cole? No, I, I forget uh, about the Kobe McLean sometimes. No. Same number. Is that a bad, is that a bad comparison? Yeah, thank you. Bad comparison? No, it's it's good. That's good. I, I think Zacoby was more physical, but man, the way that okay. he reacts, the reaction time is is very good. Is a very good uh, comparison. Jack Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ricochet Rabbit. Ricochet. Oh, Kevin Steele. Yeah, he loves him. He loves him, Zacoby now. Yeah, that was Ricochet the last. Rabbit. In my opinion, that was the last Auburn linebacker that played it right. He he was physical. Oh. He was fast. He got to the ball, reactive. He was the last one that really did it the way you're supposed to do it. I think Asante right. and Nixon are, are, you know, they're on their way to that, I think. Hey, what, what, what have you thought about Nixon so far, Cole? I, I loved his tape. At, at um, I actually went back and looked at my breakdown of him to see what I said. And, and I talked about him being physical and being good in the box. And I'm so happy I did that because that's what he is. That's exactly okay. what he is. I think they nailed that, that – um, that pickup because gosh, did they need somebody who could just roam around in the box? Maybe he's not good in space. Doesn't need to be covering anybody. Just needs to be in the box. You know, old school type linebacker. Yeah. I thought he got caught a couple times in the Georgia game and some coverage issues. Um, Any will from time got, to time. Sucked in a little bit, but all in all, He's good and physical. I mean, well, he's, a, he's, he's a big reason why the run defense has been good. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, he's been he's been good. I, I would go. I'm with you. I'd go. I mean, it pleasant in terms of a pleasant surprise defensively. Eugene Asante, just because I, you know, he just didn't do anything last year, and, and he had a lot of stuff going on. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely flipped the switch, and he looks really looks really good. And again, he's a guy that's that's going to get better, I think, this year as well. I think he'll he'll keep improving. But he's I agree. He's got to be the pleasant. I mean, you could go Jalen Simpson, but Jalen's a little more established, uh, playing the last couple of years at Auburn, playing it. You know, he's got a little more experience. I think there was the expectations for Jalen were probably a little higher, but four picks, he's been awesome. But I don't. I think the expectations were more. I don't want to say lower for Eugene Asante, but just, there was more like, I don't really know what this guy, I don't know if I should believe the hype. I hear he's having a great camp, but I've never seen it. Sure. So I don't know what that means. And I think he's, I think he's completely lived up to it. Offensively, a pleasant surprise. Boy. Um, hey, I've I mean, got somebody, I've got a nominee. I've got a nominee. Brian, Brian Batiste. I was thinking him. I was thinking him. Yeah. It's a good one. And, and for me, another on. one is Luke Deal. Yeah, I, I can't call him a surprise because I, I've always I, loved I, the way he plays. See, I don't think I've ever – I don't think I've given him enough credit. I don't think I've watched him enough or noticed him enough to realize how impactful he can be. But for some reason this year, every time I see a run being, being sprung, you know, I, I see I – see, 86 over there. Isn't that number? Yeah, 86. Yeah. And I'm like, that dude just made that happen. I got an offense and a defense. I, I'm pretty good on these after thinking about it. Defense is going to be K and Lee for me. And and the reason for that is because he is a freshman. I never would have thought that K and Lee could play this many snaps and hold his own so well. You don't hear his name called all that much because he's in coverage and he's doing his job and he's doing a great job. So he's a freshman. He's playing almost every single snap. I don't know if he's coming out. I'm almost positive he doesn't come out for anybody. So him and DJ James, those are the two corners, and Kay and Lee's hanging right in there with DJ James as a coverage guy. Never would have expected that as a freshman from him. So he's my pick on defense. And then my offensive pick is Gunnar Britton. And this one's easy for me. Gunnar Britton is the biggest surprise, bar none, by far, on the offense. The reason I say this, I went back and graded his game when he played against Auburn last year when Western Kentucky came to Jordan-Hare and played against Auburn, and he got destroyed by Derek Hall that entire game. I was going, and I apologize to Gunnar because, I, I mean, I was going, wow, what do, we, what do you like about this guy, you know? Maybe is Derek Hall? Are we saying Derek Hall's that good? And maybe he is. Derek Hall's very good. Don't get me wrong. But now you've moved him to guard, which is a place I would have never thought he could play. 
and he's putting Georgia defensive linemen on their back. I'm like, I was wrong on him. I, I just didn't think he – I almost said that Isaiah Miller was going to be the starter over him. Isaiah Miller is a starter, but not over him. They moved him to guard. They thought he was that good. They put him at guard. They're right. Good eval there because I, I would have, you know, I would have thought differently, and I was wrong. Yeah, he's been good. Um, I like the thought about he. He needs to keep – they'll see if he keeps two good games. I agree. He's, he's getting opportunities, but he – He's adding an element that the offense needs, which is yes. speed. I mean, you know, he's got a level of his speed that looks effortless. And when you're an offense struggling, um, <laughs> you know, but he can cover stuff, can cover something up if he bounces it outside, outside or whatever. He can make a play. So I, I do like the thought of, but see, I can't really. You're you're really either looking at a running back or a lineman. I mean, you can't possibly name a pleasant surprise at receiver or quarterback. So I think Batie's a good pick. O-line, I mean, I, I would agree with – I would almost go, for me personally, I may say Cam Stutz only because hmm. I, I didn't I didn't think Cam Stutz was anything special last year. Like, I thought that Auburn – I thought he was a big guy, thought he had good moments, um, but I didn't necessarily think – I thought he was – I thought he was okay. I thought he was average. Um but you go back to him being one of the reps at SEC Media Days, you're like, okay, I don't know that I saw that coming. Okay. Um, and then you hear Hugh Freeze say when he went out in the A&M game, I think he got banged up. Um, you yeah. hear Hugh Freeze say, or it might have been the game, I can't remember. But you hear Hugh Freeze say, that dude, when he went out, it hurt our entire offensive line. That guy set the tone. I was like, wow, okay, I, I've, I've – I'm starting to now see Cam Stutz in a different light. And then you see some of the clips um, this year where he's absolutely getting after it. And I thought he was, you know, he was one of the best linemen against Georgia. You could make the case for maybe Britain, maybe Stutz um, in that game, but he was really good in that game too. So he'd be a guy for me, Cam Stutz, that would be a pleasant surprise only because I think my own expectations were that he was average, but I think he's better than that. I think he's been better than that this year. Yeah. That's a good pick. He's kind of unassuming. I mean, you go from a, you know, a three-star guy like he was and never showed any, you know, inkling that he was about to be in, in the starting lineup at any point in his career. He's a six-year senior, and he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got a week off. It's huge. They're going to LSU. That'll be a night game. We'll see. Probably depends on – Missouri LSU. I would imagine if LSU beats Missouri, Auburn and LSU will be a six o'clock kick on ESPN. I would think if Missouri beats LSU, then Auburn LSU will be SEC Network, and I would imagine Missouri Kentucky gets the gets the ESPN slot at six o'clock. So it probably depends on that game because if Missouri wins that game, even if Kentucky loses to Georgia, Missouri Kentucky will be um, a pretty big game yeah. on that Saturday night. So I think it, I think it literally will depend on Missouri LSU who wins. If LSU wins, I think Auburn LSU is ESPN. If LSU loses, I think that uh, that game will be SEC Network at 6:30. Either way, it's under the lights. It's at night in uh, in in Baton Rouge. Um, what are some other games this weekend before we get out of here? You got what do you guys think about Bama and Texas A&M? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that game. You strong thoughts on on that one? Very, very much looking forward to that game. Um, is that a Tuscaloosa? That was an A and M. Is that A and Yeah, that's that's what's even more intriguing because this this whole thing with even look at Florida, like Graham Mertz, their quarterback, has looked really good at home, and then when they get on the road, it's like a different person. It's the same way with Peyton Thorne. Jalen Milrow, is he that guy? Is he totally different on the road? I don't know. I, that's the biggest question to me. That's why if I'm betting, like I wouldn't – I don't think I would touch that game. I don't think I could even come close to deciding who could win that game. Did y'all set the line with Bama minus six? No, it's close. It's like one, it, I thought. Uh, I thought two and a half. Oh. One, one or oh, two. Wow. I see one. Yeah, one or two. I mean, it's um, – So they, they expect it to be a close game. I got Bama. They're in my they're in my parlay. Is Bama winning that game straight up? Well, Jeffrey, it's like you said on the Colin show. Like, I might I might be doubting Bama right now, but I know better. <laughs> They'll find a way to get some things fixed. 
Yeah. Okay, I just looked it up. It's minus one or a pick. And yeah. you got to think the home team gets, what, three points? I don't know. Yep. That'll be a good – be. A, what time is that game? 2.30. CBS game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm going to have to play, play royalties. Uh-oh. Copyright Uh-oh. infringement. Uh, I've got Florida at four. I mean – I like that one. I actually – Look, the, the spread in that's 18 and a half. I, I think Vanderbilt covers that. I do. I got to tell you, with the Auburn recruiting situation, you better watch that game. If Florida loses to Vandy, it could open the door for a lot that's, of things. Boy, they're they're dang near three touchdown favorites. If they lose to that game, yeah, you, you're going to have problems. I don't think they game. will, but, I mean, like I said, it's at Vandy, right? Uh, might be in game. The way they list these things, it kind of looks like it. If they do the home team second, then it would be Florida. I'd have to look it up. I think it is at Vandy. I may be is wrong. It, that's got to be that's a big number, even on the road, like even in Nashville, right? At it's, Florida, is it? it? It's the same question I'm going to have with Peyton Thorne when when. I think after watching Auburn play Georgia, that Auburn can hang with LSU, absolutely. But it's Peyton Thorne on the road. It's just like Grant Mertz being on the road. I, I just don't know if I can trust it yet. That's where I'm at on that game. Uh, at the Florida Vanderbilt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Vanderbilt is has showed the ability to, to score a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see if they can maybe shock Florida and hang around in that one. I don't know. UCF and at Kansas off the Gus extension. Pretty good game. Kansas is good. Uh, I know they lost to Texas, but that'll be a, a, an interesting game. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky. Kentucky, Georgia is the other big one. Night game. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if Kentucky's for real. And I think we'll learn a lot about Georgia too, because I think there's some things that Kentucky, line of scrimmage wise, I mean they're really good too. So Georgia is going to have another big test there, um, and, a, and a more capable quarterback than Auburn. And more capable – Kentucky's got a more capable quarterback and more capable receivers right now than Auburn, which is kind of sad. That's not a shot at Kentucky. But Kentucky's just been such a physical team. They've got a better wideout situation, a better quarterback situation than Auburn. So I think Kentucky can threaten Georgia a little bit more sure. offensively. Um, Their offensive line's good. I know that. I watched them last week. They, they can handle it, I think. If Auburn's good, they can. Uh, what else? Notre Dame at Louisville, interesting game. Louisville's not bad. Um, I've got a hot, I got a hot take for y'all. I, I want to see if y'all are with me on this. And I'm once again in the minority. I know I am. I like Gary Danielson. I enjoy him calling games. There it Good is. Good lord, where'd that come from? There it is. Because Jeffrey did the CBS theme song, and I'm like, yeah, Gary and Brad Nestler. I like, I like that crew. It's my favorite He's crew. It's annoying. Them. He's not wrong. Some of the stuff he said is good analysis. Like, there's if you can get past, oh, it is good analysis. Stuff that he says at times, and you're, you go back to the Georgia game. Heck, well, there's a point in the third quarter where he literally is like, Brock Bowers is coming. He's just, he's just. It's like he's, yeah. he's on calling it. his shot there on on Brock Bowers being involved. Gary's just annoying. He's just kind of annoying, dude. Like, it's just, I don't know, personal preference thing. I I don't get it. I don't get how he's annoying. I like him. I just really like him. Yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a good analyst, and I think he's a fantastic analyst. You know, I don't, I don't care for guy. SEC people don't want this Michigan dude calling their games. I, awesome. I don't care for RG three or, and, or Purdue. And Where are you? Everybody knows I don't like Beth Mowens. I almost RG three is terrible. Ooh. he got uh, he got in hot water last week. Made made a just a just a stupid comment. He made uh, he, he makes few. At least a couple. Yeah, he of made years. a comment about lifting a dude up like he was Jesus on the cross. Everybody's like, "Dude, what? Like, chill out." Yeah, yeah I did not, I did not enjoy him. Out. Um, I was wrong about that's that. Why, that's why he was doing the one AM game. <laughs> <laughs> the Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> oh. Uh, we got Arkansas Ole Miss. Any chance that uh, yeah. Arkansas can can Ole Miss has a letdown and, and Arkansas can make that know. game closer? It's eleven and a half point spread for Ole Miss. 
There's a lot of people that seem to think Sam Pittman's on the hot seat. Do y'all buy into that? How so? I mean, what are they? What? I don't I mean, know. <laughs> do they remember Chad Morris? I mean, they can go back to that, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, the recruiting's not bad under him. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm not quite buying that yet. I don't know if a loss to Ole Miss would further that either. No, Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss is, is playing. I mean, Ole Miss is kind of hot right now. Ole Miss is better than them. LSU is better than them. They go to Baton Rouge without their top running back, and they take them to the wire. The BYU loss is probably a tough one. I mean, you're at home. BYU, you, come on, you got to come back and win that game. True. Now, well, if he's on the hot seat, let Auburn go there and win. Hmm. Uh, what <laughs> is their record? Well, they lost. Uh, they've lost three, right? Yeah, they they really yeah, haven't done anything. They they beat um. They beat. Let's see. They beat well, Western Carolina, Kent there State, and then well, that's it. They've lost three in a row to BYU, LSU, LSU on the road, and Texas A and M, where you you didn't look good in that. I I kind of get the A and M one. I, I, the A and M is not anything special. They're good, but but Arkansas was not in contention in the second half of that game. I mean, this is that thing with expectations because. Arkansas fans are looking at KJ Jefferson going, okay, this guy, he's been here, he's proven he's good. Expectations should be higher this year. That's not always the case. I mean, you got to look at everything, you know. Fans look at expectations and go, well, this is exactly what it has to be. And if it's not, then you're on the hot seat. Yeah. Look at Zach. Zach's uh, standing up for Western Carolina top 10 FCS team. So So Zach's calling that a big win for Arkansas. Um, Didn't Western Carolina beat the crap out of Sanford, Zach? Ah, that's right. Yeah, Arkansas beat them fifty-six thirteen. Well, we're sitting here, we're sitting here giving Arkansas and Sam Pittman credit for a big win over Western Carolina. So I think that's an issue. Um, I think that's a, <laughs> that's a problem. But yeah, what's tough? It, I mean, they got Ole Miss. That's three game. I don't know what the rest of their schedule is. I don't have it, but it's a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what their recruiting is like. I mean, I would I would say Pittman, being a guy, being at Georgia for when he was, their recruiting probably should be. I don't know where they're ranked recruiting-wise. That might be a bigger issue than than their on-field results is where they at recruiting-wise. Where are they ranked right now? They're 20th. I mean, that's not bad. No, they're, they're doing well in recruiting. So, in yeah, I don't – yeah, I don't know about the hot seat. I, I think that'd be a big mistake. Unless, I don't know unless there's somebody out there that's just itching to go get, and I, I don't know. Um, what else you got in the SEC? I think that's it. I think we went through kind of the SEC games, and and even, uh, I mean, you know, UCLA and uh, Washington State's a good game in the Pac-12, but uh, not a ton of juggernaut games. Really, you got Kentucky, Georgia, and A&M, Bama, and Texas, Oklahoma. I think those are kind of the three the three big ones yeah, that I can see. Yep. LSU, Missouri. LSU, Missouri is the other one. LSU, Missouri, 11, yeah. 11 a.m. kick. I guess we lost Jeffrey. Um, yeah. I, Missouri, LSU would be interesting because I haven't watched a bit of Missouri, and uh, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in that game. No, they're 5-0. and oh. Yeah, yeah, but I just, uh, I, I, you know, they upset K-State. That was a big one for them. Um, we'll find out a lot. Brady Cook, I think, has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. LSU obviously has been fantastic offensively. Yeah. Um. Um. And then let's see. LSU beat or Missouri beat South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State by four, and then Kansas State. So Missouri beat Middle Tennessee by four, and then turned around the next week and beat top fifteen Kansas State at the time. Um. Milton and then they beat, beat the crap out of Jacksonville State on TV last night. So Missouri, really, we don't know. Missouri beat K-State. That's what got people's attention. Then they played Memphis on a neutral field and won by a touchdown. Memphis is, is decent this year. They're okay. <laughs> and then they won at Vanderbilt 38-21. So Missouri is com- really – Kansas State, you beat them. But Missouri, for the most part, is very, very much untested. And no, I mean, now – You'll find out who they are this week. By the way, if they win this, they got – one, two, sets. They've played one road game. This will be game six for them, and one of them will, will, will be on the road at Vanderbilt. And they have a neutral against Memphis in four home games. So they could be sitting here six and zero. Oh. Um, yeah, we'll see. Probably a lot of points scored in Columbia. Um, if you're an Auburn fan, you're hoping for 
I don't know, a physical game, a long game, you're, you're hoping that Missouri tests them and, and strains them and stresses them for sure. True. Um, that is an advantage. Look, LSU couldn't just coast through this week. They had to put all their attention on Missouri. Um, and Auburn is going to spend, you know, a, week, a little bit of their time self-evaluating, but then obviously more time than normal on LSU. So Auburn should be well prepared um, and, and should have a little bit of a leg up when they go to Baton Rouge in terms of the preparation standpoint. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, make sure you go to Prize Picks and check all that out and make some picks um, on the uh, on the weekend. Um, go to AuburnLive.com. We'll have, I guess, look for War Room and some of that content uh, this weekend. Is um, but it'll be fairly fairly quiet as Auburn has a bye week um, and then gets ramped up. So hop on the corner message board and talk about all the games that are happening on Saturday, a good day to hop on there and talk about everybody else and not have to stress about your own team and your own game for one. Um, yeah. Those are always nice. Um, all right. Let's get out of here, Cole. Sounds good. All right. See you guys. Bye.